to episode three of the Beyond the Baselines podcast, a podcast about where sports and music collide. I am Leanne Strollo. I'm Brianna Cooper. She's the music, I'm the sports. And today, because it's the week of Thanksgiving, we're going to be talking about things we're thankful about in terms of music and sports, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm always thankful for music. But um, specifically, though, we're going to be talking about rights that we're thankful for and how those are expressed through music and sports. Oh, yeah. So if you're, like, driving to your grandparents' house in the car, you're going to listen to us talk about protests. <laughs> Before you go and watch Tucker Carlson for, like, three and hours. And the Redskins play the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. They thought that one through. Yep. So, obviously, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, like, duh. Sure, if you didn't yes. know that, I mean. You haven't been paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean... It kind of is beating a dead horse to even go through what happened. I think everybody knows who Colin Kaepernick is at this point. But if you don't, because you're here for the music part, I'm going to tell you. Um, he was a quarterback drafted in the second round in 2011, so pretty decent um, to the, I was going to say San Francisco Giants. I know what sport we're talking about. <laughs> um, to the 49ers. Um, started playing for them, start, or started starting in 2012. Um Played there for about four years, uh, brought them to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, pretty successful, I would say. They did not win the Super Bowl because my Ravens beat them. But, uh, you know, got them there, which is a feat in itself that I think a lot of people, you know, now are like, well, he wasn't even that good. I'm like, he brought a bad team to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, uh, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah, so played up through 2016 when he decided to um, begin a peaceful protest where he would kneel during the National Anthem. Um, and he was citing that it was about police brutality and, you know, racial discrimination in this country and stuff like that. And a lot of people, surprise, had an issue with that. (laughs) Um, and he didn't last through the year. Um, and they eventually cut him from the team and it was a lot of, he's, he's not good enough and, you know, we're going to try to cover it up that way. But in reality, everybody knew, you know, we don't want to deal with this on our team. He's making international headline about, you know, protesting. We just don't want it on our team. And especially, I mean, the demographic of the NFL is middle-aged white men, essentially. It's the main demographic. Viewership, yeah. Uh, of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, view, for viewership. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the main demographic of the NFL is not. But, um, you know, yeah, people that generally watch the NFL, you know, and it's like, uh, they're the old grumbly, I don't want that on my TV when I'm trying to enjoy my football Sundays, you know. Uh, so, so they did that, and then there's kind of been a consensus of he wasn't good enough, and he, and, you know, granted, like, I will admit his numbers were a little bit diminishing, but, you know, you can't tell me that a team like the Browns is going to not win a game for almost two full seasons, and that that quarterback is better than Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, so, uh, in 2017, last year, he filed a grievance with the NFL citing collusion by the owners uh, to basically keep him out of football, which I personally agree with. Like I said, there's worse players in the NFL. There's worse quarterbacks. There's worse. They're just much quieter. Yeah. They just, I was like, you have to admit that, you know, however you feel about what he's doing, you don't have to agree with it, disagree with it, but you don't want him on your team because you don't want to deal with it. And that's not right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So he is, he is right in that. Um, well, my question to you as someone who is sort of a sports historian to an extent, has there been other, have there been other instances of athletes, 
peacefully protesting. Yes. Um, so, well, after he did this, uh, a lot of football players, mainly football players, uh, joined him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all over the, you know, the league, you would see it happen um, after he was not retired. <laughs> yeah, that's he, why Mike you know, Pence out. Uh, left the Colts game yes. and cost taxpayers a lot of money. But. Yes. But um, so, you know, player players there have done that. Mostly it's been football. And there have even been a lot of um, white football players that have kind of, they haven't kneeled necessarily, but they've came out, come out and said, you know, I do support this. Um, I just don't feel like it's my place to essentially do it. But, you know, you'll see there's a lot of pictures of players where, like, uh, minority players are, like, kneeling and then their, like, white teammates are kind of there, like, putting their arm on their shoulder, like, you know, I'm in support of this, I'm in support of you. Recently, actually, a um, 49ers cheerleader did it, and I really want to keep up with the story, even though I don't know her name or anything like that, uh, because she knelt during a game. And I'm sure she lost her job for that. Um, and <laughs> NFL cheerleaders are already so poorly treated that I, I'm more than sure that um, things did not go well for her. So I think that's super brave of her to do. Um, there have been, after this, there was one hockey player, uh, JT Brown, who uh, didn't kneel on the ice, but he like put his fist up and cited Colin Kaepernick as inspiration for that. He was threatened to be benched, threatened to be thrown off the team, eventually got traded um, I don't know if that was, I'm not going to say that that was a cause of it. Um, but he got traded too. There was a baseball player that did it. Um, you know, so it definitely has sparked a lot of athletes, mainly athletes of color, to do this. And I think that's awesome. Um, a lot about, I mean, basketball, I would argue, of the major sports in America is the most progressive and, and you know, um, yeah, just the most progressive. And they've definitely done a lot. Uh, for, you know, the community like that. But Colin Kaepernick seems to be taking the brunt of everything, which kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a whole veterans are against him because it's, you know, disrespectful to the military. And it's like, we've told you 10 billion times <laughs> that it really has nothing to do with that. And the fact that you associate an American flag with the military and not black people that get killed in this country every day. Yeah. Is telling well, you. Well, beyond that, I mean, it's, the military flag is different than that the is flag that's at games, but <laughs> and also I would like to point up. out that the second year that he was doing it, um, not the second year, sorry, it, it was, it was a yes, yeah, like, well, it must have been the second year. Um, the first game of the season that he played in was on nine eleven, and he didn't do it then. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows, you know, hey, I kind of realized that there's something bigger going on today. And this isn't, you know what I mean? Well, maybe the not flag bigger. Does, well, not but bigger, yeah. but, but it, there's more to it today. The flag doesn't just represent this today. The flag represents, yeah. that's kind of what I meant. The, the flag yeah. represents more today, you know? Um, so I think, like, the idea that he's just doing this to try to offend people and, and whatever else is completely done. Well, and also, I mean, in terms of the idea that kneeling is disrespectful, you kneel to, kneel to pray, you kneel, you know, there are so many instances where kneeling well, is Well, actually, respect. and that's really interesting, too, because when he first was doing this, um, I believe the first time he did it, he was just sitting, or at least that's what he was saying he was going to do or something, and he spoke to a military veteran who said, you know, we think that kneeling is, like, a sign of respect, so if you want to do this, like, peacefully protest, that would be more respectful to the military, and people just seem and to... And he did that. And he, that's and, what he did, yeah. yeah. Um, and the bottom line of it all to me is just that you know, you don't want people to riot in the street. You don't want people to unpeacefully protest. 
this guy's literally just kneeling on the ground for two minutes. I and, loved, and I'm not going to go you know, too far into this. Because, so if you don't want us to, pro, like, how do you want people to protest? This? Well, I was going to say, yeah, I don't want to get too far into this because it'll turn into, like, a two-hour podcast episode. But Tommy Laren, <laughs> Tommy Laren yeah. um, said something about Kaepernick to the effect of, you, you know, like, what would MLK do? Uh, peacefully protest, yeah. which is what he's doing, <laughs> exactly. Tammy. Like, exactly. and it's weird too because I know you can't see us, audience, but we're like two very white women. Yes. So, but it, it's so weird. I think they probably got that. Yeah, pro- most. Yeah. <laughs> With the amount of times that I've said the word literally. Yeah, and like, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> literally. So, but it's so odd to me, even as a, a, a white person who grew mm-hmm. up in a middle class neighborhood, and it, it's so weird to see. My family, some people in my family, yeah. and some people that I've known my whole life, um, just not get it. Yeah, and it just straight. It's like what? What else do you need to see? Like you turn on the news, yeah. almost well, every see, day, think, and there's I'm, an African American person shot and killed by police, or you know, what else do you need to see to know that there's a problem in this country? I think so much of it is just attributed to the fact that if it's not happening to you, you don't care. A hundred percent. And, I mean, that's, a, again, a consensus among, like I said before, people that watch football really treat it as, like, a, a ceremony, almost like, ah, oh, it's football Sunday, I get to just sit down and relax and, you know, grab a beer and just watch football all day, and that's yeah. my relaxing Sunday, you know? So the idea that someone is bringing politics into it. Yeah. Which really, it's like... It's really not. It's really not, and it really isn't a big deal, but, you know. Because most likely when the national anthem is being performed, you're probably in the kitchen getting a beer. You're, like, getting, you're going to the bathroom, you're, like, checking your phone, you're doing whatever, you know what I mean? Like, is it really that insulting to you? (laughs) Um, And and so it's just the idea that, like, this is going to disrupt my peace, and it's like, you know what disrupts people's peace? Like, getting shot in your car when you're trying to reach for your license and registration. Yeah. Or, like, you know, getting shot in the street as a kid that's playing with a toy gun. Like, that's disruptful to your peace. Yeah. So the fact that you can't sit through two minutes. And, like, I mean, you could talk about the fact that they didn't even start playing the national anthem until not even a decade ago. And and ESPN and Fox wanted it to be more, let's involve the military in this, so we're going to start showing the national anthem. Like, all of it is just wrapped up in, like, a big publicity yeah. issue, you know? And Colin Kaepernick disrupted that publicity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it goes along with um, something that's uh, that musicians hear frequently is just shut up and play. Oh, yeah. Shut up and dribble is... Oh, yeah. You know. Thanks, Laura. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yes. Yeah, but, you know... I was thinking about this when I was researching for this episode, and I didn't really do a whole lot of research because, like, some of my favorite musicians are, like, really political. And, and so you're like, I know this already. Yeah. Um, but there was a quote from George Harrison. He was talking about Bob Dylan because, of course, they were in a band together, the Traveling Woolberries. Um, and there he, something to the extent of, could you imagine a world where Bob Dylan didn't say what he said? Mm-hmm. And... Um, what's interesting to me about Bob Dylan, though, he really kind of followed that idea of, like, shut up and play. Because he, Free Will and Bob Dylan, I think, is one of the best protest albums. Um, and, and part of, and I could do a series, a podcast series about the genius of Bob Dylan. But one of my favorite things about Bob Dylan protest songs is he's smart. And he understands that a lot of protest songs are not evergreen. Because mm-hmm. y- you sing about a conflict, the conflict is over, and you move on. Blown in the wind. 
Times are changing, Masters of War. He never mentions a specific conflict. I mean, Masters of War, you could presume, is about Vietnam, but he never says yeah. Vietnam. Well, that's, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, too, because uh, Fortunate Son came on my shuffle, and I was like, I hate how this was put out decades ago, and, and it's, it's still, still relevant. so relevant. And that's... And it's, like, obvious a lot of the music that they did was, like, vietnam yeah. related and, you know, everything like that, but it's still so fitting. And, and I think that was Dylan's intent, was, I'm going to make this album protest music, but... He understands human nature. This is going to be applicable yeah. 50 years from now, which it's still applicable because it's been yeah. about 50 years. And um, but the, what's interesting about Bob Dylan is he has all these protest songs or he's really calling out bigotry and and uh, war mm -hmm. and racism. Um, but he really didn't do much outside of music. Yeah. I mean, you have people like Pete Seeger and Joan Baez who were at the <laughs> forefront of the civil rights. Well, not the forefront, but they were allies in the civil rights mm -hmm. uh, movement and they were there and i think bob dylan did maybe one like concert event which is something i was going to say too that i think is so important especially for white people and white people of prominence in this country is like to be an ally yeah don't you're of, you're not running the movement yeah like well not even that it's just that like if you if if other racist white people are only going to listen to white people then a white person's gonna have to step up and say, "This is what's going on. You need to pay attention." Yeah, and but don't know. try to like control. Oh yeah, don't try it. to control it. Obviously, but I just think that it is important that you're like noticing, like, "Hey, this white person's taking a step in the right direction," and could have just ignored this completely because it doesn't affect them, but they're choosing yeah. to open that door. Yeah, but it's just interesting when I was thinking about Bob Dylan and his role in um, various movements, the anti-war movement, civil rights. Um, he he did a lot without actually doing anything. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that recording albums and writing music isn't doing anything. I want to relate that to Selena Gomez, and I hate myself for it. But Is there a relation people, to Selena? People criticize her a lot for not, you know, especially being, um, I believe she's Mexican-American. Like, she doesn't, she's very, you know, she didn't tweet hashtag Black Lives Matter at one point, and people were like, you don't support them. And she's like, of course I support it. Like, I just didn't tweet it. And they're like, yeah, where you're not at you know, rallies, you don't do charity work, you don't do all this stuff, so you can say you're this progressive person that supports these things. Yeah. But, like, you're not showing up, you know? Like, I don't really want to compare Bob Dylan to Selena Gomez. Yeah, exactly. Like, Only I was like, because, I feel like... <laughs> at least, But like, it is the same kind of scenario yeah. where it's like... I mean... You can, you can put on the front of, like, you can make the music, you can... Yeah. But, like, where are you? you yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, and then I, I mentioned Pete Seeger, but Pete Seeger was... I love Pete Seeger. Um... But he was so involved and not just, you know, I mean, he passed away in 2013. Um, so uh, that was a little bit before Black Lives Matter really took off into the big movement mm -hmm. that it is today. But I mean, he was involved in Occupy Wall Street like the year before he died. Yeah. He was with them. Um, Farm Aid. Um, yeah. He actually performed at Farm Aid like a few months before he died. Um, and he like barely had a voice, but he was yeah. there. Um and even, and, like, when you're that rich, like, just donate to a charity. Well, and, you know... <laughs> like, show us something. And it's, you know, like, shut up and play. Like, how different would the world be if all of these people just shut up and play? Well, that's also, too, why I always um, talk about, and before people jump to conclusions, I always try to compare Colin Kaepernick to Muhammad Ali, and by no means am I saying, yeah, he's going to be as prominent of an athlete or as good of an athlete. But when people look back on Muhammad Ali, you know, he's considered an American hero, Mm -hmm. And, you know, all this kind of stuff and, and made such a huge difference and a leader of the civil rights movement. And he's doing basically exactly what Colin Kaepernick is doing. And it's like the fact that you're trashing this guy 
you know. But well, historically, you know, yeah. Muhammad Ali was not considered a hero. He was considered yeah, a yeah, at the time. Yeah. yeah. But it's like how many decades go by and then you start realizing, oh, yeah, things have changed and he's here. It's like this is what Colin. I guarantee you 50 years from now, people are going to look back and, and regard Colin Kaepernick the same way. And you just don't see it right now. Yeah. But you are because he, he did spark this, you know, this whole thing. And had he not, it's the same thing. If you just shut up and play football. And there's something to be said of the way that I think white sports fans see the value in, uh, like, African-American or any minority, really, um, athlete is like, you know, yeah, I like you and I, I want you on my team because you play well. But would I respect you as a person outside of this? If You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's very telling of, like, how do you treat minorities in your real life versus, you know, you, you can say, yeah, I like this player. Like, no, you see the value in him. Yeah. Or her, well, and know? I I was thinking um, <clears throat> during this whole conversation about, and we hit on a little bit when we were talking about the military, but it's all this facade of patriotism, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that, well, anything that goes against the military is is 100%. That's what patriotism is. <laughs> well, and I was going to relate it back to... Um, when you take the actual definition of, like, patriots. <laughs> yeah, it's question, It's loving your country enough to question it. But yeah. one, one of my favorite stories um, re- relating to music and patriotism is Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, the of song, course. not the album. So the song <laughs> Born in the USA, um, if you somehow haven't heard it, um, <laughs> is about a soldier who comes home from Vietnam... After he's been drafted, so he didn't want to go to war in the first place. He went to war and came back and was treated like shit by the people who... The government. The people who... Well, yeah, the people who watched him on TV for the first time, who watched the war unfold in their living rooms and were disgusted by what they saw. He was treated, even though he had no say in the matter. Talking about the the character in the song, not Bruce Springsteen himself. Um, And then, yeah, treated like shit by the government, the VA who Mm -hmm. couldn't help him and... You know, and Ronald Reagan wanted to use it on the campaign trail because he heard it as this patriotic song of like he did his duty to his country, and then he came back. Like, and do you know? And Springsteen literally was like, he th- there was a cease and desist. Yeah. I don't know if it was it was so far as to do a cease and desist, but he told him to stop yeah. using his song. I think and that it, happened recently with Trump too, but I can't remember what song. There, it he's was. getting so many seats. Like he, re, yeah. he's trying to use Rihanna, Pharrell's Happy. I was, I think it was the Happy. Well, one. yeah, because he, he walked like, out. Stop. He walked out to Happy the day of the synagogue shooting yeah. in Philadelphia. Oh, no, I'm talking like when he was campaigning, like in 2016. Oh. It was a song too that they like tweeted him, and they were like, "Please stop." I can't remember who it is, but basically, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's like, have you heard the song? Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's that facade of patriotism. You hear "Born in the USA," and you're just like, this is a patriotic yeah. song, and it is patriotic in the sense that it's questioning why are things this way? Why are we treating our veterans who, even if they, you know, even if they did willingly go to Vietnam, that's no way to treat a veteran. Yeah. And, I mean, but on and the Vietnam o- is so different. And granted, like we weren't there for it, but from everything that I've heard from older people, is like we really had no idea what it was going to be. Yeah. You know, and we, if you you ask my dad, like he, he straight up says, you know, we sent people there to die. Yeah. And we didn't know. I don't want to plug a movie, but like the post goes really in depth about the Pentagon Papers and how president after president after president understood that Vietnam was a fail, a failure. And they just didn't want to be the president to say, this was a failure. We're going to pull the troops out. Yeah. Um, And that also just all, I mean, ties back in again to this, like false toxic sense of patriotism is like when do you just say enough is enough yeah because it's not patriotic to keep sending men 
So the other issue, too, since we've been talking a little bit about um, race relations in the United States, which there's so much more we could talk about, but there's so many more people who are far more qualified to talk about that than <laughs> but us. But we're going to try. <laughs> um, but so the NFL Thanksgiving game this year, which if you're driving to your grandma's house, maybe you'll be watching it. Well, it's one of the games. You're probably going to be watching it, everybody. It's going to be on, even if you don't like. Yeah. If you don't like sports, it's going to be on. The Redskins versus the Cowboys. Which, which like, I know. Speaks for itself. Yeah, on Thanksgiving. They're like, you know, let's schedule the most let's racist put Jerry team Jones name. and the Redskins together on your TV. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I guess I can totally talk about that because uh, there's a huge issue in not just football, there's a team in. Uh, most leagues uh, that have offensive language towards Native Americans, uh, the Redskins being one of them, the Indians in baseball, and the, the Blackhawks in hockey, um, that all, you know, Native American, a lot of Native American groups have come out and been like, hey, this is offensive. We don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the owners are like, no, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't really tell us. <laughs> Well, and I think, too, and I'm not defending, like, the the use of Native Americans as mascots, but I think, for example, like, the Blackhawks is different mm-hmm. than Redskin, because Blackhawks yes. is a tribe, yes. whereas Redskin is a slur. Exactly. And and I do, the only, the only like, defense a lot of people, I am friends with a really good Indians fan. Um, and a, a big not, Indians fan? A big Indians fan, yes. <laughs> I know, I, I said it. Is she a good person, too? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, no, yeah, and he very much is, like, but it's just the history, like, you know, you grew up in Cleveland, and you love this team, and and you don't want the name to change, and this is what you're used to, and, you know, it's just, there's so much history there, and it's like, but you're, you're offending a... (laughs) White comfort. Yeah, yeah, essentially. I don't want to change this, because it's all I've known. Exactly, and I do understand that, because it's like, me trying to sit back and think, hey, you know, if my favorite team changed names you know how much would i like you know yeah it'd probably suck but so many shirts that my, are no longer applicable <laughs> but you know my favorite team didn't also <laughs> name themselves after a native american slur so yeah you know it just and i do understand that but that's about the only like reason that i could even entertain um for that but uh yeah and, and it turns out the indians are the only team that so far my hair is stuck in the chair. Okay, fun. Um, the Indians are the only team so far that uh, have done anything to change it, and and it really wasn't that much. But last year they announced that um, at the end of this season, so I guess now season's over, um, mm-hmm. they would not be using the um, like the logo that they have. So the name will still be the same, but they're not using the logo, which for the Indians specifically was the more offensive part because it's kind of like a character of like a Native American and it's honestly wor- or better than it used to be. It used to be a lot worse. Um, like the skin was like very red and it was like very like just like, I don't know, it was not, it was not good. It, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was I mean, clearly it was like, drawn with like racist intent. Yeah. I want to say, or maybe not intent, but like it was clearly drawn with the idea of like, let's sensationalize everything we think about Native Americans, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's and it, it's sort of related. I'm trying. I mean, there's not a lot with music that can be related to this specific issue in terms mm-hmm. of like, but um, cultural appropriation is. I mean, rock and roll is yeah. is black music, 
and white people took it and were like, we're just going to add yeah. a lot of really heavy, you know, inst- and because I remember, and this relates more back to women, but rock and roll was created by a black woman. And a couple... And when you think of rock and roll, you think of the white man. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there is a... I, I forget who released an album, but Bono came out and was like, you know, rock and roll is, you know, it's really... It's too girly now. And it's like, Bono, When you down. think of rock and roll, like, I mean, I feel like the average person is like, oh, yeah, Elvis. And it's like, Elvis is like the epitome of, like, everything that it shouldn't be and what it is. Well, Elvis, I mean, I... I enjoy Elvis. Oh, I love Elvis. But, uh, yeah, no, he did but steal a lot of stuff you know, from yeah. the African-American community. And I feel like and, that's just, and as a white person, I feel like I can safely say, like, our our culture is, like, taking things from other people. Yeah, so and we don't like, really have our own culture. No, that's what I'm saying. Our culture is literally taking things from other, like, groups of people and being like, oh, no, 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 we had this first. I mean, America. Yeah. Like, Well, <laughs> and it's going back to what you were saying about um, white sports fans valuing their players for their athletic ability. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with, it, it's the same thing as, well, we value your music. Yeah. But you, and I think a great example of that is the Rolling Stones, not because of them personally. Um, um, so when the Rolling Stones took off, blues in America was not popular, even though blues is an American form of music, mm-hmm. um, stemming from the African American community. Um, and so they were on, a show, a TV show that they were asked to perform on to perform blues. And they said, well, we'll perform, but Howlin' Wolf has to be on with us. Mm-hmm. And it, they did that. And like Howlin' Wolf was in American living rooms for the first time on TV. And yeah. it's, and, and I'm not trying to give being a good white ally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I probably will never say this again, but there's a lot to be learned from the Rolling Stones <laughs> about how to live life. <laughs> it's just one regard. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's too. I don't remember who the football player was because this just came to mind. But I do remember a couple of years ago, um, there was a football player who, uh, a black football player who came out and he he basically I don't know if it was like a shirt or a sign or something, but he basically said kind of like you know, would you care about me if I wasn't a value to your team? Like if I can mm-hmm. you know if you can put a number value if I, like a, a, a monetary value on me, this is slavery. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and and no, obviously it's not. I'm not forcing you, you know, you're not an actual slave, but the concept of, like, you are just, you only care about black people when you can put a monetary value on them because they're good at something that you enjoy yeah. is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we kind of s- s- stemmed away from the whole Blackhawks, Indians, Redskins thing. Yeah. Um, it's And it's one of those things where... At, at least in terms of the mascots themselves, and you were talking about not being able to justify things. There's no justification for yeah. a caricature of a of an actual like group yeah. of human beings. I and mean, I, it's, and I don't want to. I'm not saying that it's necessarily with the same intent, but it's very similar. When I see old Indian mascots, it reminds me of Nazi propaganda with yeah. drawings of Jewish people. Well, someone would, even. I don't remember who it was, but someone put it in perspective, and I believe they showed it on ESPN, like, a few years back, and it was, like, say you drew, like, the Indians logo as a white person, and the team was called the Caucasians. Mm -hmm. Like, do you see how, like, not, I mean, that's not necessarily, like, offensive, but it's just kind of, like, that's weird. Why would you make a team called the Caucasians and draw just, like, a white guy, and it's, like, that's what Native Americans think. Yeah, because (laughs) you're not, it's not, like, the Tigers. That's right? what I'm saying. It's like They're to put, human beings. To put people in a, in, a, in a league and to say, like, you know, you're a person, you're of this 
whatever, you know, group that it is and to put you and you're going to play against teams like the Tigers and the Cubs and the, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever else that it's just like, this isn't. It's dehumanizing. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, and that's not to say, because I know there's someone that's probably like, well, there's other two, like the Yankees and the Patriots and blah, blah, like those are, you know, groups of people essentially, but it's not, you're not saying that based purely on what they look like or their heritage or, you know, whatever. So it's a little different. (laughs) Like Patriots willingly chose to be Patriots and I'm sure they're pretty proud of it. So it's, it's not the same. But, um, yeah, just be thinking about Native Americans on Thanksgiving while you're watching the Redskins play, who they're also, too, to be said, like, their owner has said very uh, intently that he is not going to change the name and he does not care and does not think it's offensive. And it's like, well, yeah, it doesn't offend you because you're a white dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's something, too, that when I, I was talking about not being able to understand my some it's not all of my family but some people in my family's inability to see it through a different lens it's you know it's something that you learn in school almost especially with native americans because i remember when i was in high school i graduated in 2015 for god's sake yeah. so you know this is like recent stuff we learned about um boarding schools that native american children mm-hmm. were uh in air quotes sent to i mean they were kidnapped from their families yeah. And we were taught, you know, they were they were encouraged to to learn English and to learn Christianity, mm-hmm. and it's like they were forced to do these things. Well, that's I mean a whole a whole other podcast again on just like what you're taught in the the public school system yeah. that's not good because like you know I just when I think of how like, do we tie this back into sports <laughs> and music? How did I learn about you know Native Americans? stuff? like I remember like we you know in like elementary school we would like reenact thanksgiving the pilgrims and, and the indians like, were and best friends and they traded the fish for the corn and everybody they were was actually trading like corn for smallpox and blankets like, and that's the was, real history yeah like they completely came here pushed out a whole group of people i just can't like the bottom line of it all to me is like i don't understand how we how we've gotten away with saying that we discovered america <laughs> when those stories that we got here and people were already here <laughs> And, and like, we just go along we with it. We were dumb like, kids, and we're like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Makes like, sense. That's how they get you. You're a young, stupid kid. Yeah. If you like, have I mean, kids, your kids like, aren't stupid. This Sorry. Is, this I'm is... not good at keeping an audience. <laughs> I'm so far, we have pushed children. out Steelers fans, children, parents, parents of children. children. <laughs> um. Yeah. But it just, I don't know, it, it just totally blows my mind that... There's just so much that you learn in, like, elementary school and stuff that you you get older and you're like, wait a second, yeah. you left out a big part of this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I think that makes it harder because I will, and I don't want to, like, justify or make excuses for anybody, but we are of a generation where if we want to know something, we Google it yeah. and it's there. I don't think it would be very, I mean, you can leave out, you know, obviously if you're teaching seven-year-olds something, you can leave out the, like, fact, the, the bloody details, essentially. Well, I was just. But, like, it's really not that hard to be like, hey, yeah, so we came here and we discovered not here, but that there were already people. <laughs> well, I was just saying if, if, you know, you grew up in a generation or a time when you didn't have smartphones. Oh, yeah. And you didn't have, you know, what you learned in school was what you knew for the most that part. That explains so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes a little bit of, it, well, it doesn't make sense to me, but I could understand mm-hmm. how, well, how would the, 
Redskins be offensive. That's yeah. you know, because you don't understand that larger history. And I always say, too, like, I mean, even with people now that, that do have smartphones and do have internet access and everything else, that, like, for me, like, I grew up in, I grew up in New York, and I grew up in a place that was extremely diverse, and it didn't, you know, like, make sense to me that people were racist, because I'm like, you know, and I hate the, some of my best friends or whatever, but it's like, you know, to me, I just, that's how I, like, it was, diversity was just there, like, that's how I grew up, and it did not make sense to me ever to think that racism was even a thing. Like, I was like, what do you mean you don't like this group of people or whatever? And then, you know, moving to Indiana, going to college with people who were like, I literally have never met a black person until I came to college. And so, and it's like, again, it's like, I don't justify it and I don't understand it, but I can kind of understand like why it makes sense that you can't see things from someone else's perspective when you've never even like, in, you know what I mean? People, I've met people that go all the way through high school and have never met a black person. And it's like, so to you, it's just some like far off fairy tale that you're reading about online yeah. of like what black people are going through. And so like, again, like I don't justify it at all, but I do see like, where this problem stems from, you know? Yeah. There's a whole conversation we can have about flyover states. We talk about Jason Aldean. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Side note about Jason Aldean. We went to go see him. Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about and this. And Bree bought uh, the wrong ticket. I bought a freaking... So day, she bought, like, the, the tailgate ticket. Yeah. So the day So of, I spent $50 to tailgate. And let me just say this, and I'm going to push out another group of people. If you pay $50 to tailgate and then you pay another $50 to see a show, you're an idiot. Like, Like, look. you're paying to tail... Just pregame at home pre like a normal in the, person. Pregame in the parking lot like everyone else is doing. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah. But I digress. But yeah, so then we, we couldn't, well, I mean, <laughs> we you went. went. Yeah, you went. We did not go. I, I told her to buy a ticket, and they were like $200 on resale the day of, so I was like, I understand why you're not going to buy it. But anyway. <laughs> to, see, to see Jason Aldean. No offense to Mr. Aldean, but like, I didn't pay 200 bucks. <laughs> Mr. Aldean. I didn't pay 200 bucks to see, like, I haven't paid 200 bucks for any concert yeah, ticket. Exactly. So, so, and I've seen some good ones. So, yeah. But um, back to. That's how you know we're in Indiana, though, that that Jason Aldean tickets will go for $200 <laughs> to sit in a field. Yeah. Like a, like a wet field. Yeah. In the middle of August. Yeah. And... If you're from Indiana, like, Klipsch is never dry. We could be in a it's drought. It's Ruoff now. It's a Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. That's, Which doesn't even yeah. make. Anyway. Say okay, that we're... when you're drunk at a tailgate. We <laughs> But yeah, we could be in a drought. Oh, that you paid fifty dollars. Yeah, for. you better be drunk at that one. Um, yeah, so <laughs> sports and music and the Redskins. <laughs> um, where did you even? Where did Jason Aldean even come from? In your like, what were we saying? Flyover states. That's how oh, we got yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, but yeah. it is understandable because I I didn't have that experience because I grew up in Indianapolis, which mm -hmm. you know is compared to far New York, yeah, yeah, compared to New York, it's nothing. Yeah. But I mean, it's certainly. Not in the middle certain, of nowhere. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be... I know people who mm -hmm. they got to college and they're like, oh, like, I've never met a black person or a yeah. Jewish person or a Hispanic person. Yeah. And it just... Number one, like, I couldn't imagine just growing up in, in that kind of community. But if that's how you grow up, that's all you know. Yeah. And, that and also, again, it doesn't justify because you should be able to sympathize with yeah. other people that don't look like you. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, it just, it, it makes a little more sense as to why you just can't understand it. Cause yeah. you don't, you know, know anyone <laughs> other than white people. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So this was a strange week in the sense that because it's Thanksgiving week, this was actually recorded last week. So if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. Something like really big is going to happen that we talked about in here and they're going to be like, what? Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) So um, we are in the uh, planning stages of the rest of this season. We'll keep you updated through the Twitter page at Beyond Baselines, B-A-S-S-L-I-N-E-S. The music won out on the Twitter handle. We don't we don't know how to spell. Like, the title's going to have an E. The Twitter's going to have an S. You just decide how it's spelled, and yeah. we'll do the rest. So we keep you updated. And if there are any topics that you want to hear us talk about, shoot us a tweet, either at the the podcast uh, just like, Twitter account. Shut up. Or <laughs> can we hear you do nothing? <laughs> Or our person. I like how our self-deprecation bleeds through into our podcast. Um, or this way, when our podcast completely tanks, we can be like, "Well, we knew it was going to happen. We, we told you. <laughs> we tried to tell you." Um, or you can send us um, ideas through our personal twitters. I'm at Brianna B R E A N N A N as a Knight Cooper, and I'm Leanne Strollo L E I G H A N N S T R O L L O. Eventually, we won't tell you our Twitter handles in the podcast but for right now we're gonna we're still young yep so this is a new i've show. lost like 10 followers in the past like two days probably because it's I, because of beyond the baselines i tweet way too much um but yeah so i'm really really trying to grab those followers so hit us up yeah and uh we'll see you next time well we won't see you but you'll hear us next time i feel like you said that the first time too. That's at least just- i'm consistent <laughs>